I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Kings chapters 12 and 13 and 2 Chronicles chapter 24. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In 2 Kings chapter 12, the seven-year-old new king of Judah, Jehoash, he does good at first, and we read about it beginning in 2 Kings chapter 12 verse 1. In the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoash became king, and he reigned forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zabiah of Beersheba. Jehoash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days in which Jehoiada the priest instructed him. But the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. And Jehoash said to the priest, All the money of the dedicated gifts that are brought into the house of the Lord, each man's census money, each man's assessment money, and all the money that a man purposes in his heart to bring into the house of the Lord. Let the priests take it themselves, each from his constituency, and let them repair the damages of the temple, wherever any dilapidation is found. Now it was so, by the twenty-third year of King Jehoash, that the priest had not repaired the damages of the temple. So King Jehoash called Jehoiada the priest and the other priest, and said to them, Why have you not repaired the damages of the temple? Now therefore do not take more money from your constituency, but deliver it for repairing the damages of the temple. And the priest agreed that they would neither receive more money from the people, nor repair the damages of the temple. Then Jehoiada the priest took a chest, bored a hole in its lid, and set it beside the altar on the right side as one comes into the house of the Lord. And the priest who kept the door put there all the money brought into the house of the Lord." So it was, whenever they saw that there was much money in the chest, that the king's scribe and the high priest came up and put it in bags and counted the money that was found in the house of the Lord. Then they gave the money, which had been apportioned, into the hands of those who did the work, who had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they paid it out to the carpenters and builders who worked on the house of the Lord, and to masons and stonecutters, and for buying timber and hewn stone to repair the damage of the house of the Lord, and for all that was paid out to repair the temple. However, there were not made for the house of the Lord basins of silver, trimmers, sprinkling bowls, trumpets, any articles of gold, or articles of silver from the money brought into the house of the Lord. But they gave that to the workmen, and they repaired the house of the Lord with it. Moreover, they did not require an account from the men into whose hand they delivered the money to be paid to the workmen, for they dealt faithfully. The money from the trespass offerings and the money from the sin offerings was not brought into the house of the Lord. It belonged to the priest. Now let's read the parallel passage over in Second Chronicles chapter 24, beginning with verse 1. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zabiah of Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took two wives for him, and he had sons and daughters. Now it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. 
Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you do it quickly. However, the Levites did not do it quickly. So the king called Jehoiada, the chief priest, and said to him, Why have you not required the Levites to bring in from Judah and from Jerusalem the collection, according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and of the assembly of Israel, or the tabernacle of witness? For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, had broken into the house of God, and had also presented all the dedicated things of the house of the Lord to the Baals. Then at the king's command they made a chest and set it outside at the gate of the house of the Lord, and they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses the servant of God had imposed on Israel in the wilderness. Then all the leaders and all the people rejoiced, brought their contributions, and put them into the chest until all had given. So it was at that time when the chest was brought to the king's official by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, that the king's scribes and the high priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place. Thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. The king and Jehoiada gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and they hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord, and all those who worked in iron and bronze to restore the house of the Lord. So the workmen labored, and the work was completed by them. They restored the house of God to its original condition and reinforced it. When they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada. They made from it articles for the house of the Lord, articles for serving and offering, spoons and vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. But Jehoiada grew old and was full of days, and he died. He was 130 years old when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, because he had done good in Israel both toward God and his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came and bowed down to the king, and the king listened to them. Therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers, and served wooden images and idols, and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord, and they testified against them, but they would not listen. Well, the new seven-year-old king of Judah, his name is Joash, sometimes it's written Jehoash with an H. He reigned in Judah for 40 years. It's a little confusing since Israel, the northern kingdom, also had a king with the same name about the same time, with the same alternate spelling. Now, we're talking Judah here, the southern kingdom. It was the kid who escaped death when Queen Athaliah thought that she'd killed all the legal heirs to the throne, but she missed one. That accounts in Second Kings chapter 11. Joash takes a notion to fix up the temple. It had fallen on hard times. He decides he needs some cash to make it all happen and reinstates the temple tax that's specified in the law. Now, the sources for the income that Joash tapped into for refurbishing the temple, they're found in Exodus chapter 30 and Exodus chapter 38, where each male, 20 years and old, uh, were to bring a half a shekel per head. And then we see in Leviticus chapter 27, verses 1 through 8, that money received from payments on personal vows, varying from 3 to 50 shekels, was also brought to the temple. And then there were also voluntary contributions. 
Joash requires the Levites to go out into Jerusalem and Judah to collect these funds, but they didn't do so well with their fundraising efforts. So Joash takes things into his own hands at this point. He makes a chest with a hole in it for depositing money and sets it outside the gate. Well, it's a success. The money starts rolling in. Joash and Jehoiada personally handle the funds and pay the workers to refurbish the temple that had been trashed by that Baal-worshipping Athaliah and her thugs. One shortcoming, though, of Joash is found in 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 3, where it says, But the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He left Athaliah's pagan altars in place, and some of the people of Judah still worshipped there. Now, Joash is a good king as long as Jehoiada the high priest lives. Judah loved and respected that old high priest Jehoiada. After Jehoiada's death, they buried him with the kings of Judah. But without his chief advisor, Joash wanders off his God mission. As a matter of fact, he wandered way off. Now, we have then a summary of King number 8 in the written notes of BibleTrack.org. Jehoash, or Joash, from 835 B.C. to 796 B.C. over Judah. And we have both good and bad listed regarding King Joash. But then Judah's Joash is assassinated. We find that in 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 17 to 21, and 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verses 20 through 27. First, let's read 2 Kings chapter 12, beginning with verse 17. Hazael, king of Syria, went up and fought against Goth and took it. Then Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. And Jehoash, king of Judah, took all the sacred things that his fathers, Jehoshaphat and Jehoram, and Ahaziah, kings of Judah, had dedicated, and his own sacred things, and all the gold found in the treasuries of the house of the Lord, and in the king's house, and sent them to Hazael, king of Syria. Then he went away from Jerusalem. Now the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And his servants arose and formed a conspiracy and killed Joash in the house of Milo, which goes down to Selah. For Jazakar, the son of Shemaath, and Jehazabad, the son of Shomer, his servants struck him. So he died, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. Then Amaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Now the parallel passage is Second Chronicles chapter 24, beginning with verse 20. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest, who stood above the people and said to them, Thus says God, Why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord, so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he also has forsaken you. So they conspired against him, and at the command of the king they stoned him with stones in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but killed his son, and as he died, he said, The Lord look on it and repay. So it happened in the spring of the year that the army of Syria came up against him, and they came to Judah and Jerusalem and destroyed all the leaders of the people from among the people, and sent all their spoil to the king of Damascus. For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, but the Lord delivered a very great army into their hand because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. So they executed judgment against Joash. And when they had withdrawn from him, for they left him severely wounded, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada, the priest, and killed him on his bed. So he died. And they buried him in the city of David, 
but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. These are the ones who conspired against him, Zabad, the son of Shemaeth, the Ammonitus, and Jehazabad, the son of Shemrath, the Moabitus. Now concerning his sons and the many oracles about him and the repairing of the house of God, indeed they are written in the annals of the book of the kings. Then Amaziah his son reigned in his place. Well, the reign of Jehoash takes an unexpected turn for the worse. After Jehoiada the priest dies, Joash makes a spiritual nosedive under his new handlers. He endorses the worship of the pagan gods. Upon his turn toward evil, Jehoiada's son Zechariah is there to tell him so. Joash has him killed, stoned to death right there in the temple. Joash certainly forgot his roots, didn't he? Prior to breathing his last breath, Zechariah calls upon God to avenge his death against Joash. Jesus refers to this murder of one of God's men in Luke chapter 11, verse 51, and again in Matthew chapter 23, verse 35. God sends the Syrians with a small army who defeated Judah's large army. They execute Judah's leaders and wound Joash. The Syrians take all the gold and the nice furnishings of the temple back to Damascus with them. As Joash is there on his deathbed, his own servants finish him off, still upset about him having the high priest's son executed. They didn't even bury him with the previous kings of Judah. He died in disgrace. Joash was a great king while he listened to Jehoiada, but became evil when he began to listen to the idol worshipers. Well, it's just as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Or, as I've heard it said in other places, you can't soar with the eagles when you're hanging with the buzzards. One more rather significant note regarding this incident, that Syrian king who authorized the raid into Judah was King Hazael. God had directed Elijah to anoint him as king of Syria back in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 15. God had also used King Hazael to chastise the evil doings of King Jehu of Israel, the northern kingdom, back in 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 29 to 36. King Hazael was absolutely not a worshiper of the one true God, but he did serve as God's policeman with regard to Israel and Judah. Isn't it interesting how that God sometimes uses unholy instruments to correct God's people when they rebel against God? Then we have the 17-year reign of Israel's Jehoahaz. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 1. In the twenty-third year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned seventeen years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He did not depart from them. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, and into the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael, all their days." So Jehoahaz pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Syria oppressed them. Then the Lord gave Israel a deliverer, so that they escaped from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before. Nevertheless, they did not depart from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who had made Israel sin, but walked in them, and the wooden image also remained in Samaria." For he left of the army of Jehoahaz only fifty horsemen, ten chariots, and ten thousand foot soldiers, for the king of Syria had destroyed them 
and made them like the dust at threshing. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoahaz, all that he did, and his might, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Jehoahaz rested with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. Then Joash his son reigned in his place. Well, it was a tough 17 years for Israel's Jehoahaz, the king of Syria, Hazael, and his son after him, Ben-Hadad, gave Jehoahaz fits. He had a very weak army, but the Lord delivered them with a Savior for a period of time. It's not specified the nature of this Savior. However, Jehoahaz, he never served God, and he continued to follow the double-calf state religion of Jeroboam that was established back in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 25 to 33. So if you're looking at the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading, there's a summary of King number 11 over Israel from 814 to 798 B.C. His name is Jehoahaz, and the only thing, nothing good, just evil. Then we have the 16-year reign of Joash, Jehoash also pronounced, and he's in Israel, not the one in Judah that we read about earlier, but this one is in Israel. And this is Second Kings chapter 13, verses 10 through 13. Verse 10. In the 37th year of Joash, king of Judah, Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned 16 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but walked in them. Now the rest of the acts of Joash, all that he did, and his might with which he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So Joash rested with his fathers. Then Jeroboam sat on his throne, and Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. And I know it's confusing, but this is a different man in a different country from the Joash that we saw in Second Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. That was Judah, and this is Israel. These two kings with the same name over Judah and Israel did have a period of overlapping reign. That makes it even more confusing, doesn't it? This Jehoash, or Joash, went to war against King Amaziah of Judah, and then he died. Not much said about him here. However, before he died, he did have an interesting encounter with Elisha. We'll talk about that in a few moments. Jehoahaz embraced the two-calf worship of the founding king of the northern kingdom, Jeroboam, and that's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 25 to 33. So then in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, we have a summary of king number 12 over Israel, Jehoash, also known as Joash, from 798 to 782 B.C. Nothing good, just all bad, and that's recorded in 2 Kings 13.11. In our next section, in 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 to 25, Elisha passes away, but not before spending a little time with Israel's Joash. Verse 14, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his fingers on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, 
for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows, so he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground, so he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. And Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoaz. But the Lord was gracious to them, had compassion on them, and regarded them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not yet destroy them or cast them from his presence. Now Hazael, king of Syria, died. Then Ben-Hadad, his son, reigned in his place. And Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, recaptured from the land of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael, the cities which he had taken out of the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. Three times Joash defeated him and recaptured the cities of Israel. Well, just before Elisha's passing, Joash of Israel goes to spend a little time with Elisha. After a little arrow shooting instruction, Elisha tells Joash that he will have some limited success against the Syrians. Is limited because he scores quite poorly on the little arrow shooting test that Elisha had prepared for him. Even in death, Elisha had a dramatic flair, didn't he? We see here a continuing conflict between Joash and the king Hazael of Syria. His life was characterized by these Syrian conflicts. Second Kings chapter 13 verse 22 says, And Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. God certainly got a lot of mileage out of King Hazael, didn't he? Finally, King Hazael of Syria dies in verse 24. After King Hazael's death, Joash does get a few of the cities back from the Syrian king that had been taken from Israel through three successful strikes against Hazael's son, Ben-Hadad. These three strikes were those prophesied by Elisha in that arrow shooting test. Elisha was a loner even in death in verse 21. It's kind of amusing there. They tried to double up on Elisha's tomb by burying another guy there on top of him. Nothing doing. As soon as the freshly shrouded dead body touches the bones of Elisha, the dead guy revives. As I said, Elisha was a loner. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walter.